Hey, all you rad dads out there. Hey, what's up, everyone? Brett here bringing you another episode of the Rad Dads Show, the parenting podcast where we ask inspiring dads the question, what does it mean to be a rad dad? On this episode, I'm joined by Jonathan Sparks. By day, Jonathan's a business and entertainment lawyer who runs his own firm. Entrepreneurship is something that's really important to Jonathan, and it bleeds into all aspects of his life, including his creative side. He's a solo musician, and he's currently releasing a single per month this year, gearing up for the release of a full album at the end of it all. And if it didn't sound like Jonathan's busy enough with those two endeavors, he's also got a weekly podcast called Success, Decisions, and Rock and Roll, where he shares entrepreneurial and personal growth advice through the lens of a different song every episode. And of course, Jonathan's a rad dad and a stepdad to his two kids. And he shares some unique strategies that he and his partner use to foster individuality, pride, and responsibility in his kids. We also get into his relationship with his own stepdad and how that has influenced his work ethic and his own parenting approach today. And finally, we chat about Jonathan's latest single, Runaway, and hear more about the why behind his podcast. Jonathan is really intentional about his parenting, and he shared some really practical tips and advice that work for him and his family, and I really took a lot away from this conversation. I think you will too. So what are we waiting for? Let's get into it. Here's Jonathan Sparks on the Rad Dads Show. Well, Jonathan, thanks so much for joining me on the Rad Dads Show. I'm going to start the way we always do by asking, who are you? I'm Jonathan Sparks. I'm a, a, a... I do a bunch of different things. I'm a business lawyer and entertainment lawyer. Uh, I also, of course, uh, make a bunch of music and I'm releasing it under my name about a song a month. And um, and I also have my own podcast called uh, Success Decisions and Rock and Roll. So hopefully I can. And I'm also a dad. Um, right. My, That's uh, why you're here. Yeah. <laughs> so how many kids do you have? Uh, so my fiance and I both have a child from a prior marriage. Um, prior marriages, I should say, and uh, we actually met at a, a children's birthday party, so they're the same age. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, That's so they're cool. they're kind of like twins, um, and uh, they're five and six, and they're in the same kindergarten grade right now. And you have a a boy and a girl, right? Yeah, boy girl. Yeah, and okay. the boy has uh, her her son has my same birthday, which is pretty neat. Oh, crazy! And uh, and my daughter is. Um, you know, she's uh, quite the performer. Yeah. <laughs> she, she puts me to shame. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So dad and stepdad sort of yeah. situation, uh-huh. right? Um, yeah. That's really neat. The kids are a similar age. I have a six-year-old daughter as well. So we're going to have probably a lot of similar things to talk about, similar uh, things going on in their lives right now. Is, is yours a performer too? Or did she? She is. Yeah. Like, I mean, she loves music. Both the kids really love music and really love, um, yeah, that kind of performance uh, aspect of things for sure. Lots of dancing and singing around the house. Um, actually, yeah, well, we were talking too. before we kind of got rolling about our Rad Dads event last weekend. And mm-hmm. so um, I went up and sang Blitzkrieg Bop by the Ramones. <laughs> and I had been like practicing with my kids to do the Hey Ho, Let's Go. So they helped me out with that. They loved it. Oh, that's great. Good. Yeah. Good perfect yeah so that was 100 yeah exactly yeah it felt really good it was kind of neat to um to share that together so do you consider yourself a rad dad yeah absolutely you know um you know we, we we've got a, a cool uh parenting style that we've kind of 
adhere to that uh, helps them to, you know, be more independent and kind of, um, you know, live their own vision and lives. And uh, I, I think it's a pretty, pretty neat way of, of parenting and running the household. So is that sort of how you would define what a rad dad is like sort of promoting, promoting that individualism in your kids? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. You know, like, uh, you know, helping to find who your children are, you know, and, and, uh, you know, seeing the best parts of themselves and helping them to grow into that, you know, despite the fact that of course they're going to have some, you know, bumps along the way, but you know, it's all fun. <laughs> right. Well, what are those, I guess, what are those qualities that a, a rad dad would have to, um, help promote that in individualism in your kids? Uh, like what are some things that we do to, to promote it? Yeah. You mean? Like, like what is it about um, you that kind of helps you do that for your kids? Um, well, I, uh, I think my fiance are both very independent people, you know, uh, when in our childhoods, we kind of had to figure it out for ourselves. We, we were uh, just placed in those positions. Um, and with our kids and our parenting, we, uh, we really want to be supportive of their, you know, how do they want to spend their day? How do they want to spend their time? You know? And so we give a, a very rewards, you know, based positive focus system that they very much understand, um, you know, to where if they want to have a, uh, you know, glow stick dance party with, you know, popcorn afterwards then, you know, they got to earn like 20 stars, you know? And okay. uh, so for the, the week prior, they, they got to do good stuff to earn their stars, you know? And if they do bad stuff, it's okay. They just don't earn a star for that particular thing. Um, so do you keep yeah, like a chart up somewhere? How do you keep track of it? Yeah. 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 So we keep a, a, a running star chart with literally, you know, sticker stars for them. And, you know, if they, if they fold their laundry, if they, make their waffles for breakfast if they you know don't go for seconds or uh, or if they go for seconds but they eat all of their seconds you know um you know for all of these things they get a get a little star and uh if they do well over the course of the week then they get to earn really cool rad stuff <laughs> i love that so um there's kind of teaching them that like responsibility piece but like i'm this is one reason I was really interested to talk to you because I know, um, and maybe we'll talk a little bit about how you sort of uh, got your law firm started, um, what that transition looked like, and now you're kind of building, or I guess maybe rebuilding, I don't know how you classify it, but kind of your music career. Um, there's really this entrepreneurial focus and spirit, and that I think connects to what we're talking to here. Um, so I'm kind of curious, like, how do you how do you bring those worlds together? And, and do you see, um, I guess, in your approach to parenting, some similarities in, in the way you're kind of approaching your own career in life? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I think, um, I think often the mentality with children and, and, you know, raising kids is, you know, not expecting them to know anything about anything really and just kind of you know it did a lot of parents and, and myself included I think you know at first we were of the mind that you know we got to make it better for them than it was for us right and we got to like do all of these you know provide all of these things make it really streamlined and easy so that they don't really have any you know any any to-do items any tasks you know but um but I read somewhere 
and I think this is what kind of set me on this path, but I read that um, a lot of these children in these, uh, you know, developing countries were actually far more responsible, far more independent, and, you know, had that grit and, and that resilience quality, uh, because when they were very young, they were encouraged to help out, you know, around the house. So they would help out with sweeping and stuff and, you know, doing dishes and cooking and all of these things. And that was embedded in those cultures, but not really my culture, you know, um, and the expectations that I had. So I started, you know, she was only, I think, a year and a half or two years old. But, you know, I bought her this tiny little purple broom because purple is her favorite color. And I said, yeah. hey, you know, here, you're going to sweep up that little patch of the floor and I'll do, you know, 99% of it. But the patch is up to you. You know, you're going to sweep it into the dustbin. And I'll help you to bring it to the trash. And of course, when she was two, like, you know, she was terrible at it, right? Like right. she threw dust everywhere. It made things worse. It wasn't really like a net help, you know? Yeah. But she was learning, you know, and, and she loved the ability to participate and help. Like children, children love to help. And, and I think that if we teach them, no, that's not your job. Like if we teach them to not help, it's kind of, then they kind of believe you. And they're like, oh, well, I'm not supposed to help. Like people just do stuff for me, you know? So, um, and, and that's really, you know, to your question that, that dovetails into an entrepreneurial life where you envision what you want, you set it down to, you know, action items that you need to do to get from point A to point B. And you can really, you know, we give them a lot of goals or, or, or we, we ask them what their goals are. You know, they love to go to the water park or they love this, you know, glow stick dance parties. They love to watch a, a movie with the family and have popcorn. So whatever it is, you know, they aspire to those goals and then they do what they got to do to, to meet them. Yeah. I, I totally agree with you. I'm um, totally identifying with what you're talking about here. Like, I think awesome. it's so, it's really hard because a lot of us are also like, we live in a bit of a world that's very efficiency focused and like productivity focused. And you, you said something that, um, you know, I think about a lot, like, you know, we try and get our kids to help around the house and stuff too, but sometimes they, right. they actually make the problem worse. It's like, okay, I oh, asked yeah. you to clean up your room and like, you've actually just made this huge mess. And you know what, let, let your tendencies be like, let me just do it. You know, let, let me just yeah. clean this up. That's and, the temptation. Yeah. Because yeah. you would do it better and faster. You know? Yeah. But, but you're doing them such a disservice, right. Mm -hmm. By doing that. And yeah. And, and you're right that like when they do help you, like, it's so funny. Um, we also have a three-year-old and she's so stubborn right now, like to get her to do anything. It's always like, no, no, no. Right. But if yeah. you can kind of find that way to, I guess, tap into her inner desire to help. She just loves it. Like we went outside and she was helping me for like an hour the other day, like rake up leaves. And wow. yeah. That's and great. just, just because it was like, well, here's your little rake, just like you said, here's your little rake. And you just, you know, she wasn't really helping, but she felt like she was helping and accomplishing something. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and it's such a neat feeling to see them, I guess, have that like sense of pride, even if it's just little things like that. Yeah. And it's, uh, I think it's, it's important to them to know that they're contributing. You know, like if, if, imagine if you got a new job, you know, and you were watching all these people around you do tasks that you at least understand, you know, and on an elementary level, 
but they're like, no, you sit there. Like you don't do anything. You know, it, it's like a weird, it's almost a punishment to not be allowed to help. Like people naturally want to help, I think. And and so we, we allow that, you know, and, and support that, you know, that, that idea. Right. I love that. I like the idea of having kind of the system. Um, we've contemplated that too. We've never kind of enacted it, but maybe we should give it a try. Kind of that, you know, people have the chores chart, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, you know, and they can really visualize their contribution there too. So that's really yeah, neat. they can see it and, and they're really proud of it. You know, oh, I've earned, you know, 25 stars this week. Like, wow, high five, you know, and it's not, uh, you know, there is some, you know, times that they'll go to timeout if they're like, you know, being really loud at the dinner table or whatever it is. But, you know, it, most of this system is reward based. So if they don't do something, it's totally fine with us, you know, and we just, you know, set those boundaries and we're like, okay, you know, if you only earn five or 10 stars, you can't earn this thing that you, that you were wanting. So we're going to go do this and you might not get to, you know, but that's cool. That's, that's your choice. You know, like it's completely up to you. And, you know, then sometimes they're like, oh man, I really wish I did that extra work, you know, and, and then that's motivating. The next time they're like the best you know, workers, because they really want sure that they get to have fun and watch the movie or whatever. It is. So, right. Yeah, that's so there's interesting. No, there's no punishment. There's no like blame, you know, it doesn't matter if they choose not to do something that would be nice if they did. It's okay. You know, we still love them completely. And we're like, oh, you know, come here, give you a hug. And, you know, it's all love, man. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I love that. Where were you sort of in your career and stuff when you became a dad? Uh, I was um, deep in the law, you know, I, uh, I, I had a, a law firm. Um, she was born in 2016. So, um, so it was like year four or so in the law firm. So you'd um, already started your firm at that time? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, I went to like a big law firm out of law school and, um, and then I spent uh, some time building my own just because you know, I felt that there was a lot of resources that I had and, or, or skill sets or talents or something that they, you know, really weren't taking advantage of. They, they just wanted me as a, a producer be like in the cubicle, you know, working 50, 60 hour weeks. And I just couldn't sustain that, you know, <laughs> without, without uh, actually talking to people. So then I set up my own firm. Now I get to talk to people all day. <laughs> right. And and you specialize in sort of business law. Is that primarily what you do? Yeah. Yeah. Business and entertainment law. Uh -huh. Okay. Yeah. So my wife's a lawyer. So I'm kind of interested in that. On, on oh, the, great. Yeah. Awesome. On the other wow. podcast that you were on uh, that we were talking about before, um, you had mentioned you do some employment work. My wife's an employment lawyer. So yeah, awesome. I was just sort of interested awesome. in, in, yeah, your experience with that. And I mean, I know I see her, she, like, she's, grinding all the time it's a tough it's hard it's a tough field tough. right i mean yeah it is. Yeah. you know you're it of course depends where you work and stuff she works at kind of like a mid-sized firm and like i think she's pretty well supported but the workload just never stops like you know it's, yeah it's crazy yeah, and i've heard always... you talk about on your podcast even about um you know your mindset of like what kind of time do i have in my day to be productive mm -hmm. with and so it really yeah. sort of got me thinking about, about that and how that applies in our family, because you do, yeah, you can kind of get into this mindset of like, we don't have 
time to go, you know, maybe it's do things for ourselves, but it might even be, we don't have time to go do things for the family or for the kids because we're just so busy. So yeah. I, I'm curious, you're busy. Like, how do you, how do you balance all, all of the things that you're doing? Like, not only do you have your own business and your own practice, but you're doing music, um, mm-hmm. you know, you're doing your own podcast, um, mm-hmm. you know, how, how do you do it? Um, good question. We, uh, we, <laughs> I, I delegate, you know, I delegate a lot. I, I'd say when I first, you know, in the first couple of years of, of being a dad, uh, I was really against ever having any, you know, babysitter, nanny help, like anything like that. I was just like, no, I'm going to be, you know, always with her, like, you know, no questions. But if I was being honest with myself, you know, if it was like, you know, three or four days of just me and her, you know, I would get tired, you know, because I'm I'm trying to do legal work. I'm trying to, you know, write music somehow miraculously and and you know young toddlers they're they need your attention like every few seconds really at that point. Yes. You know, maybe you've got maybe they'll sleep for like 40 minutes but but you you got to be lucky right and um it was it was very difficult for me and uh at some point i just decided you know you know what i'm gonna I'm going to bite the bullet and just hire someone, you know, to help me out for a few hours here and there. And uh, what that did was this miraculous shift as a dad, because the time we did spend together immediately was like very high quality because I, I had the capacity mentally, emotionally to really connect with her and be present for her and listen very well and, you know, connect with her on whatever level she wanted to connect on and also you know she had a lot of fun playing with you know the nanny or the the babysitter and and that was great for her too um so I delegate a lot so I I also uh did a similar move with a, a podcast um you know editor right so I hired this guy who's very good he's another artist and musician and and he just you know he puts it through pro tools and he chops it up and I don't have to do any of that, you know, but that was another like four or five hours of engineering editing work that I had to do for the podcast every week. Um, So I just try to, you know, what are the things that must be done? Uh, Must they be done by me? You know, and if so, I'll do them. But if not, then, you know, can I hire someone else to do it? You know, and, and just kind of balance with that. Another thing I found was that um, when I started playing music, um, it was kind of like when you go back to the gym, you know, so you're, you're really tired, right? And you're like, oh, I can't, there's no way I can go to the gym. I'm so tired. But then when you start going, when you get some reps in, you notice that your body delivers like more energy, like enough to go to the gym and enough to do even more stuff, which is kind of counterintuitive. Right? Yeah. But uh, that's what happened with music. You know, I was spending a lot of time, you know, watching the boob tube or whatever. But right. when I started doing music, I noticed that I was like inspired now. And I'm like, oh, man, I want to write a, a song. You know, I want to write a guitar part. I want to think about these lyrics and, you know, put them in this chord structure instead. And, and it was just exciting. So, you know, more energy came where uh, I didn't think it was available. Right. Those things like fill up your tank a little bit, right? 
yeah, yeah, it adds to it, which is, you know, you would think it would take more out of you, but it actually replenishes you. Right. So is it sort of like finding those things that you're really passionate about and, and focusing there? Is that sort of what it is? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. You know, I mean, if you really sit down with yourself and you're like, all right, man, if I died tomorrow, what would I regret not doing? You know, and there's bound to be some things that come up in your, in your mind and just love on those parts of you and say, okay, how can I do this? You know, and yeah, you might fail, but Hey, you know, I'd, I'd rather have tried and, and not done, you know, a perfect job of it than, you know, not even trying and, and dying, having not tried, that would suck. <laughs> right. Yeah, for sure. Um, I kind of like, we kind of went off on a little bit of a tangent. I didn't finish my original thought. I'd asked sort of where you were in your career um, mm. when you had kids, so your firm, you, no, no, that's okay. Um, that's good. But um, your firm was sort of going for a few years. Um, you become a dad. Were you like, were you afraid at all? Were you, did you have any fears about that? Like you kind of had a lot going on at the time. Any fears about becoming a dad? Um, not really. You know, I, uh, I always felt like I, I was going to really be a good dad because I, I really care a lot about kids, you know, and, and, uh, and the day that I, you know, that she was born and it was just, kind of short funny story but the uh the nurse you know was like you need to give the baby to me and I was like no <laughs> she's not she's not you know she was crying and then I held her and then she stopped crying and I was like you know I'm gonna we're gonna take a minute you know and she's like well I need to weigh her and you know prod her and stuff and I was like we'll get there you know but you can wait like five minutes it's okay you know like I'm paying for it anyway so yeah. Um, but you know, in that moment, I, I just knew, you know, like I'm, I'm going to do whatever it takes, you know, for this girl to help her to be who she is. And, you know, I felt just overwhelmed with love and warmth and, you know, um, yeah, I, I, I don't ever feel that I don't have enough like love in me or energy or, or something to, you know, to, to really work hard at being a good dad. Yeah. So you weren't, you weren't worried about, um, the dadding stuff, like the, like some people are worried, like, Oh, I don't know. I'm not sure I'm going to know how to swaddle the baby or like change the diapers, the very, you know, um, procedural type things are involved with parenthood. Oh yeah. And then there's, yeah. yeah, And then there's the bigger, the bigger things. Yeah. The car seat, that's always a tough one. Um, Yeah. And that, I mean, that just evolves over time too, because you move from the, the bucket seat to the convertible seat and then you're talking booster seats and stuff. So yeah, you're <laughs> right. always, yeah. always learning. Right. Um, so yeah, there's those things, but then there's kind of those bigger questions too. Like, you know, how's this going to impact my life and, you know, am I going to be able mm-hmm. to manage time? And were you worried about any of that stuff as a, as a business owner? Um, you know, it, People, I think people think a lot that if you own your own business, uh, you know, that would be far more work. Um, but that's not, if you're doing it well, it's usually less work. You know, it's more risk, right? But, um, well, it, it, in some ways, it's less risk too. You know, like if you, if you have a job, you basically have one boss, maybe a couple, you know? Yeah. 
so you need so your whole your income your family's you know resources depends on impressing that one or two people i have like 5000 business clients so if one of them fires me and is like super pissed off at me for whatever reason i'm fine you know like i it'll be like sad to lose them but it's not like my whole family's income takes a big hit you know like there's a tiny scratch i guess but it doesn't really matter you know and and if you make the right choices as a business owner you can make it so that you work less and you make more you know you just have to be smart about it and delegate things correctly and and really watch the watch the dashboard watch the numbers and make sure it's you know it's making what it needs to make clients are happy you know and 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 move on that way but um but yeah i i i guess it it didn't really freak me out um i i wasn't at a spot where i couldn't do everything i needed to do as a dad and as a business owner i will say though that like family vacations i don't really get vacation like in a traditional sense if i leave the company i'm not you know steering the wheel there's a high tendency for like it to tank <laughs> so okay so you know that's that's kind of a a con to it all um so definitely a drawback like my my mom was like hey you know it's the summer let's take two weeks and go river rafting with everybody and i'm like that sounds amazing but there's no way i could do it <laughs> yeah so how do you i guess if you can't you, you're not able to sort of get away for those periods how do you find that break i guess from work is it just sort of shorter maybe it's weekends or how, how do you guys do that yeah so you know i can successfully bring my daily work hours down to you know 5 hours a day for example like four or five days a week which is pretty good yeah i just can't take like a big long vacation you know where i'm not touching the work so it's kind of different in that sense but you know that allows for me to be you know here with my kids you know every day and you know be a good husband and you know all of these things too so yeah so there's more kind of day to day contact i th i think that totally yeah. makes sense to me like i think about for you know me and my wife often because we have kids in daycare and school and stuff you mm -hmm. know it's like get up in the morning get ready rush out of the house get the kids to daycare you know sometimes nora's at daycare by eight o'clock sometimes we don't pick her up till 5 30. you know it's a lot oh, yeah. of time yeah. where you're, yeah. you're away and you get those like little you know an hour or two once mm -hmm. you've had dinner and everything you know that you really have to cram in your time so yeah, that's, that's really interesting. So you kind of have a bit more maybe flexibility during that daytime. Yeah, you know, I, uh, being the business owner allows me to say, you know, I'm going to elect to do three hours between, you know, eight and 11 tonight, yeah. so that I can, you know, go to the, my kids play or whatever, you know, during the day. And not to say that it's fun to work from 8pm to 11pm on like a Friday, but it is an option that yeah. I wouldn't necessarily get if I didn't own the business <laughs> right right how has being a dad changed you oh gosh. or has it changed um, you? well of course it's changed me yeah um i think it uh I, I really felt like when we 
when I first met my daughter, I really felt like there's this whole other world of stuff that I just didn't, I just didn't know about. It wasn't in my experience, you know, I'd heard stories kind of made sense on a logical way, but it didn't make sense in my heart and, and my emotions. You know, one thing I'll say that changed me is like commercials and Disney movies, dude, <laughs> like I, I, I used to cry like once every five or 10 years. I yeah. did not cry a lot. I was in touch with my emotions somewhat as an artist, but not very much, you know, but now, man, oh my God, like you send me a story about a father and his daughter and like, you know, stress points like Ariel and her dad, like, oh yeah. my God, I just like, <laughs> so it means 10 times more, you know, a hundred times. It is just a completely different story. And I can't help but just, you know, break up and yeah, there's like, I totally agree with you. I'm the same way. Like, or, or you see, you know, you're scrolling through Instagram or Twitter, you see a story about like, you know, maybe a sick kid or something. It's like, you can't yeah. even fathom what that must feel like. I think there, I really think having kids, and I'm not saying that people who don't have kids don't have empathy, but I think it does, um, like on a wider sense it sort of yeah, like builds uh, your empathy, like as a yeah. community, almost like what people yeah. must be going through, what they could be going through. And um, mm -hmm. so I, I think that is a real thing for sure. And so I think it, it kind of manifests in some of those things where you're watching a Disney movie and you see a relationship between parent and child, and you're just kind of almost thinking about it in terms of how that, how you would feel. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and how your, your child would feel. You know, mm -hmm. and, and yeah, I don't think that's in your awareness, you know, before. And, um, and I also think, uh, you know, there was a time, you know, when I was in the dating world, you know, being a single dad and there was such a distinct and large difference between, you know, women that I would date that didn't have kids and women that I would date that did. It was night and day. Like they just, the, the the women that didn't have children just truly didn't understand you know they didn't understand the struggle the the empathy the you know just i don't know there's something it's like we go on another level of humanity when we have children and i don't mean this to toot our own horns too much but mm -hmm. um the game changes you know everything changes like it's when you are responsible for a human being you know living or dying like minute to minute i mean when they're two yes like you know if she climbs up on that dang chair and like tries to grab the light bulb and fall on the glass table like that that could be it yeah you know so it's like i understand that we're having this argument in our relationship honey but i gotta go save her life <laughs> so you know give me a second you know and um so yeah i i uh that that was unfortunate you know but but the truth and, and obviously that's changed me a lot like now I, I think it gave me more resilience and more grit like running a a, a team with employees you know it, it's less of a big deal than it used to be but it used to really like be troublesome for me right <laughs> employment is easier after you have kids right yeah you have a bit bit of a different perspective on it right Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm, I'm curious kind of what the connection is like. So you, you, you know, have, sounds like 
do some kind of business coaching type work and have had some coaching experience yourself. Um, oh, your, yeah. That kind of ties into your podcast. I, it's kind of interesting because I just recently did a coaching sort of a, a coaching and mentorship course through our university here as kind of part of my work okay. plan, work development plan. Um, and I, everything that we learned, I was kind of like reflecting on it, not in terms of work, but in terms of my personal life and in terms of my kids. So I'm curious, you know, what your thoughts are on that. Like, um, those skills you learn as maybe a, a coach or, um, you know, someone who is going to empower someone in the workplace, how you see that play into your family life as well. Do you see that same sort of connection there? I do. Um, I think there's a lot that I've learned about, you know, the, the victim mentality or an entrepreneurial optimistic mentality, excuse me. And I can see my, I can see both of those potentials arising in our kids. And, you know, it's, I feel that it's my job to spot that, you know, and, and then sort of walk them through, uh, you know, the extreme results of those two mentalities, mm -hmm. you know, so if they go far down the victim road, it will get them some things in the immediate uh, future because some people will, will be driven to rescue them out of their victim mode. But do they want to be always dependent on people to save and rescue them? Or do they want the option to be able to take care of themselves? You know, like when they turn 18, to me, I haven't done my job right unless they can, you know, fully function and survive on their own and know how to live and be and you know, walk in their own life and then they can come back and, you know, give them some advice or thoughts or whatever. But for the most part, that it's on them at that point. And uh, so, you know, we have a, we have a, a strict no whining policy, you know, so it, unless you got hurt or something, if you're stomping your feet and throwing stuff and yelling about it, you know, and I don't want that, you know, it's, it's an immediate timeout and just a reset. You know, so, you know, you get and it's every time. So if you say, I don't want that, I don't want that, I don't want that three times, then it's like six minutes per. So sometimes we have like an 18 minute reset, you know. Yeah. But when our kids come out of that, they are so zen <laughs> and they're just like, they're fine. It, 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 it's really surprising. But um, but we're setting the boundaries around, you know, not being in that victim mindset, you know, if you're, if you're actually hurt, you know, or, or if someone mm -hmm. was mean to you at school or, you know, you had an argument or a fight, we will absolutely validate and be here for you. And, you know, that's not whining to me. That's, that, that's very legitimate, valid. You know, yeah. Emotional, emotional distress. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, but, you know, it's the same those are lessons that I've learned as an entrepreneur, you know, like if my company isn't making money, you know, I can whine and bitch and cry about it all day long. And I can get plenty of people who will like say, Oh, I'm so sorry. You know, Jonathan, like you work so hard, you don't deserve that, you know, but that's not going to help solve the problem. Sadly, it's, it's not going to do shit. The only way for me to pick my law firm back up, 
out of that you know ground is to look for the opportunities you know find the silver lining like hustle market sell you know like i need to i need to be in a totally different mindset i need to be optimistic not pessimistic and and that works you know and and that way i think entrepreneurship is like one of the best mental health emotional development things that you can do because there's just no sympathy (laughs) right yeah, it's all up to you to, yeah. to to figure it out. And that was something I really took away from that um, from that coaching training too. Was um, like you know that answers inside you. Like when you have a problem, that answers inside you. So sometimes a you know a good coach is, is going to help you help you just unlock that answer. What's your motivation? What do you see as the ways that you can work through that problem? And I just kept thinking, geez, this is a really great way for me to talk to my kids. Yeah. You know, you've got a right. problem. How, how do you think you could solve it? What are the options? You know, have you thought about what the benefits Preach. of, yeah, of, you know, of one solution over the other. And um, it's been so helpful. Like, I, I mean, it takes a lot of practice to get good at that, but um, that's mm-hmm. something I've been trying with my, my kids. And um, it's actually been so amazing because it's so easy. Well, we were talking about this before. It's so easy just to want to dictate and tell them this is the right way. Dad's been through it before. You know, I'm experienced. I know what you need to do. Right. And, but you're, you're teaching them. You don't know. I do. You should shut up and just do what I tell you know, which is not like that might work when they're children dependent on you. But the second that they leave your door, you know, it's not going to work. Because there's not other parents or, or people that will take care of them. And if they purport to take care of them, that's a dangerous like enemy. <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't want them, I don't want them trying to find people to take care of them. I want them, you know, creating their own kids that they will take care of. <laughs> like that's that's all, you know. Um, we had an interesting interaction like a, a week ago where um Elijah, my my uh, my stepson was running in the kitchen, which is, you know, a, a no-no. And he, uh, he bonked his head really hard onto the, uh, onto like the counter. And, um, and, you know, we, we were like, we took five minutes or something to kind of, you know, get him through it. And then he was like, you know, um, I don't ever want that to happen again. And I was like, okay, uh, we can do that. So, so what you're saying is that you want a, a hard rule that anytime anyone takes one step that's too fast, we will immediately put them in the timeout, no matter who it is. And he's like, well, no, I don't want that. And I was like, you don't? And he's like, no, I don't want that at all. And I was like, oh, well, what do you want to, what do you want the rule to be so that you'll never run into anything again? And he's like, he's like, well, I don't want to run into anything ever again. And I was like, okay you know, do you want me to make a change? And and it just came out that, you know, he didn't actually want any new rules because that law would have like all of these other, you know, it might solve the running into things issue, but it's going to, you know, cause all kinds of other things. Yeah. Right. And and so, but we, we walked it through with him and he's like, and he had this, you could just see like his, his gears were going, you know, and he was like, wow. Yeah. I don't want that at all. (laughs) Yeah. I don't want, don't make any change. Just let me, you know, 
let me run around. <laughs> well, kids, I think that's one of the biggest challenges with kids. Like, so you can talk to them very pragmatically and work through those things with them, but you have to like, um, get past that initial emotional, you know, mushroom cloud that sort of happens when outburst, right. The outburst. And so, you know, you were talking about timeouts earlier and how beneficial that can be to just help mm -hmm. them, you know, cool down. And I do think that is a unique challenge with kids that they just get so um, emotional and they just don't have those skills to kind of like contain that. So you do need to let it run its course it. a little right before, before you start trying to address the problems. So, um, yeah, so, but yeah, that but technique I, I, is I, helpful too, right. To have them kind of walk through it. Yeah. I think asking them questions is like such a great way because if, if they're in questions, it, it activates the portion of their mind. That's like, you know, problem solving, you know, and opportunity driven, like you can't be deep in a victim mindset if you're answering questions because your brain just can't do that at the same time. Right. You know, so uh, the, this morning it's uh, being filmed, you know, around Mother's Day. And so we wanted to do my daughter wanted to do some special stuff for um, for for Marla. Um, and, you know, so I was like, you know, working on the dishes and and, you know, uh, cleaning the countertops and stuff. And, and my daughter, Juliet, says, you know, hey, I want to play war, you know, the card game. Mm -hmm. And I was like, OK what am I doing right now? You know? And like, cause I had the dogs and all this stuff. And she's like, you're doing dishes. And I was like, yes. Why, why am I doing the dishes? And she's like, well, cause you want to be nice to, to Marla. And I was like, yes, exactly. You know, how long do you think it will take me to do the dishes? And she's like, you know, 10 minutes. So I was like, okay. Um, is there anything you could do to help me so that I could do it faster? And she's like, I can help you with the dishes. And I'm like, oh baby, that would be great. You know, and then she's like, okay, I'll help you with the dishes so that we can play war later, you know, but it's like, it's, we just have to level set with her, you know, but, but it, instead of doing that, I, my first reaction was to say, be quiet. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, let me, let me focus on this thing. Um, but, you know, to walk her through it, she, she very much wanted to take care of Marla and like do these things nice for her so she wouldn't wake up to a pile of dishes you know in the morning um but we just had to walk her through it right yeah so it kind of goes back to what we were talking about that you're kind of finding their own motivation and they can solve their own problems because very easily you could have said just you know go to the other room i'll be done in 10 minutes or you could have said yeah you need to get in here and help me with these dishes and right all she would have heard was well dad just is making me do this chore without thinking about What's my motivation for that? Or what benefit do I get out of that? Right. And she's reaching out to me yeah. to connect with me over this card game, which I think is badass, you know? Yeah, that's great. <laughs> but, you know, I can't do it in that moment. But I do want to get there. And she wants to get there, too. So let's work together, you know? I also look at kids as, like, a slow progression between really, really wasted drunk when they're infants to, like, sober when they're like you know 20 years old yeah you know but it's it's this slow burn like their their recovery from their <laughs> their hangover <laughs> is like that's how long it takes and honestly sometimes especially when they were younger I just imagined myself being really drunk you know because my emotions are out there and yeah. I can't control them and I just I don't know what I want but I'm 
telling everybody everything about my life story, you know. You can't walk straight. It can't walk straight. No, no way, you know. Um, but uh, you know, I'll pitch a fit or whatever. Um, but if I look at them in that way, I think it makes a lot of sense. And it's like, you know, if you had a friend that was like way too drunk for his own good, you'd take good care of him. You know, it might be annoying, but you know, right. <laughs> you'd make sure he's safe. And that's the same way with. Right. And there's not too much <laughs> rationalizing with someone like that either. Right. You can't like yes, get yeah. to think logically. And so, you know, you have to take a different approach. Right. <laughs> yeah. Their attention span, you know, it's limited. Like there's a threshold. You right. Can, you can push on it and the older they get, the bigger, higher the threshold. But yeah, it takes a while. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. I've never heard that comparison before, but it's pretty true. I mean, certainly I'm thinking about like, you know, my one-year-old just learning to walk and, walking like they're drunk a little bit but um oh, yeah. yeah that's really funny <laughs> so what what is uh or was can you talk about a little bit your relationship with your dad sure yeah um it wasn't the the best um i had so my biological father um left around the time i was born i i think they tried to get back together when I was like three or four months old. And then, you know, he was, he was gone. Okay. Um, I didn't meet him until I was 16. Wow. And uh, we tried to reconnect, but it, uh, it didn't really take um, he, in my opinion, I'm sure he would have a different story, but my perspective was that he, he really had trouble connecting on any real level and he kind of wanted to like, keep it very superficial and, in my view, kind of narcissistic even. And I just didn't have time for that in my life. So I right. decided to not pursue that relationship. Um, my stepdad, I met when I was four. And, um, you know, that uh, that was kind of a, a difficult relationship. We're, we're very good now. And I will say that he absolutely taught me um, you know, a, a really good work ethic and uh, most of the entrepreneurial sort of mindset and, and work ethic and professionalism that I have now, I think it's because of him, you know, I, I watched them build a business from 1989, you know, and, and now they have like a hundred employees and they're doing, doing quite well, you know, um, very well, but it, uh, you know, I had to, I got to watch that journey, you know, uh, you know, intimately. And it was, um, it's tough, you know, <laughs> to run a business and he was a doctor too. So, okay, you know, so he had like multiple jobs and, you know, extremely busy. And, you know, um, I will say too, that it, it was a benefit to me because we had a, a blended family, you know, yep. we had, um, we had me from obviously the prior marriage of my mom's and, and then uh, he had a, a an older son that was like a stepson of his, um, you know, that was like 10 years older than me. And I really looked up to him. And then we had, you know, the, the two siblings that, that they had together. So it was a really, you know, everybody had like a very different position in the family household, which made for a, a very dynamic and interesting sort of web of, you know, society. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I, I learned a lot from that and I feel like I'm much more sympathetic to 
uh, like stepchildren's needs, you know. So my connection with um, with Marla's son Elijah is is very pure in, in in my view, and you know we we're we're close, and you know he's like I said earlier, we share the same birthday, which is really neat. But um, but he's around the same age I was when I met my stepdad, so I feel like I can understand where he's coming from and his needs. Right. So you, yeah, yeah, you're kind of like actively reflecting on your own experience as a child and bringing that into how you approach your parenting. Yeah. (laughs) It's kind of a lot, you know, like just thinking about it, I feel a lot from it, you know, because I I have such a big history and he's in it too. So, you know, he's got his dad and, you know, that's that whole bit. And, you know, we're, we're trying to help. And, Family yeah. can be so complicated, <laughs> right? Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but yeah, it's kind of like people always say, like, you don't get to choose your family. And, and so you, you do learn some interesting skills about kind of adapting and working through, I guess, um, differences that you might have in terms of how you see things. Um, and that can be valuable. It's interesting, your, your, um, what you were saying about kind of watching your stepdad grow his business and kind of getting to see that from the inside um, mm-hmm. and, and building that entrepreneurial spirit in you. From your experience as a child, kind of seeing that growing and maybe your, mm-hmm. your stepdad's um, role in that, has that changed how you approach your own business or um, yeah, like I, I'm interested oh, yeah. in your reflections 100%. on that. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm nodding my head a lot, so I guess that those of you that are listening can't see all of my head nodding. <laughs> you don't see the video, um, but yeah, absolutely. I, I'd say, and we we talk about this all the time. But you know, he taught me when I was very young. He said, you know, a smart man will learn from his own mistakes. And a wise man will learn from other people's mistakes. And so, uh, you know, I'm trying my my damnedest to learn from his mistakes, <laughs> you know. And uh, he's humble about it. You know, he's like, yeah, I made, I made mistakes up and down, you know. Um, one of the, what I'd call mistakes that he, that he, you know, learned very well was to delegate, you know. It, it, it's tempting to, um, I always talk about like the printers, you know, I, I remember growing up, you know, it was a, a business that needed a lot of things to be printed. So if a printer goes out, in some ways, the whole team would kind of shut down, you right. know, and printers used to be far worse, I think, than they are anymore, or, you know, digital files were way too big to fit on like a, a four gigabyte total hard drive, you know, like that, that was, a, it took up a lot of space. Right. Uh, so he would stop everything and everyone from working and he would like troubleshoot this printer. And like, he's a doctor, he's an incredibly intelligent man. The value of his time is like so much more than a printer technician, you know, but you know, he just didn't think to find a printer technician or he didn't want to pay, you know, whatever that would cost. Because then he would have to pay money for something that he could do eventually, you know, but sometimes it would take like, you know, six, seven hours to troubleshoot this 
ridiculous printer. And that was just such a problem. He couldn't meet his deadlines. He couldn't do the things that he had to do. His business was suffering. And, you know, everyone was on payroll, like 10 people would be on payroll watching him try to fix the printer. Yeah. yeah, and, And we all wanted to help. We felt terrible for him. But, you know, he was like, I got it. I got it. I, you know, so he learned from that, you know, 20 years ago, but now I've learned that too, you know, and, and I'm able to, you know, from his lessons, hire people that are far better at me at, at doing things like that. And I don't expect myself to do it. And that keeps me fresh and, you know, more energized. And, and so I have more time with my kid, you know, right. So yeah. Yeah. We, we often think about like when it comes to costs, like we think about our direct costs, like right in that moment, you know, right. I can pay, like, yeah, I could pay somebody to do that, but I could fix it myself. And maybe you get some personal satisfaction out of that. Some people do. Right. I, I think sure. about this all the time about stuff around my house. I'm not very handy. <laughs> yeah, so I'm not either. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hate doing that stuff around my house actually. Yeah. There are some things I'm sure I could figure out, but I hate every second of it, you know? And so for me, there's value, even just emotionally or, you know, whatever it is, I could spend the time with my kids or whatever. Some people really like it. They like to fix their car or whatever. That's their hobby. Um, But same thing for work, right? Like if your time could be spent in a more valuable way, then sure, there's that initial cost that you're paying, um, but you're getting it back somewhere else since it's often hard to make that connection yeah if you if you can go to work and make you know fifty dollars in an hour you know um or it takes you know twenty dollars an hour to pay somebody to you know do this task that you don't really want to do and you're not very good at or you could do it yourself but it would take you five hours and you'd be super stressed out and pissed off yeah and like your whole family's gonna feel it and everyone's gonna be like oh my god you know like he's so stressed out right now i wish he wouldn't have even tried because now everybody's miserable you know because yes. brett switched out the home pod service you know for for this thing or tried to do an oil change or lord knows what you know but but yeah it, it's just simple math at some point you know like just go go make $50, spend one extra hour working for, you know, your job or whatever, pay someone else who's an expert at it and does this all day, you know, who can do it efficiently. You don't have to spend the 10,000 hours to master that thing. Right. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it might even just be, maybe, maybe you're not even getting that $50 um, because you're not able to maybe do an extra hour of work in that time, but you might even just be building goodwill for your business. You know, maybe it's reaching out to clients or whatever, which maybe doesn't have direct monetary benefit at that moment, but the printer technician can't do that. Yeah. And they, they can't, you know, spend that extra time putting your kids to bed and hugging them to sleep. You know, that would be weird. (laughs) You wouldn't want them to anyway. (laughs) Right. So yeah, you should do that, you know? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Stick to the toner, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, that's great. I want to correct tone for the relationship. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'm trying to make the dad joke. Yeah. That's good. We worked one in there. 
Um, I want to talk a little bit about what you have going on right now in terms of music and your podcast and stuff as well. So yeah, tell me where things are at. You just had your latest single runaway just come out. Um, and you're, you kind of got a bit of a, a plan, a vision for this year in terms of your music. So yeah, let's tell the listeners about that. Well, I just, you know, I run it like a business, you know, I'm going to dedicate this much time and effort and, you know, resources to it. I want to have, you know, some, what I'd call uh, key performance indicators, you know, um, KPIs, like how many streams am I getting, you know, how many article placements am I getting uh, listeners for the podcast and the music and, you know, um, all of that. But it's really, it's just something that, that I, I, I have to do. I just, I feel like I don't even have a choice. You know, I, I gotta, I got music in, in my heart and I gotta, I gotta sing it. And I, I think it's gonna, I think art at its best, not to say that mine is the best, but it, it's the best that I can do, um, you know, validates and speaks to people in a, in a, for an emotion or a, uh, a thought or, you know, a worldview that they wouldn't otherwise know that there's other people that share that right and so there's kind of a communion that you get and i think it goes past you know your political beliefs and your your family history and and all of those your opinions about things and it kind of just skips to the trace it goes right to the heart of it and um and it's magical in that way um but yeah i mean to answer your question we're we're releasing a song a month and then we're going to wrap it all you know into an album we tracked uh, the next six songs at uh, LA Sanctuary Studios with Peter Barker, who's um, this awesome guy who's working with Zach Wilde and Guns N' Roses to release some of their older material again. Wow. Um, you know, his Herbie Hancock and Springsteen, like he, he was the chief engineer at Sony in most of the 90s. So he's got, you know, more connections than I could ever imagine. Um, but uh, for some reason, he's taken a liking to me and my music. So <laughs> I'm very honored and blessed with that. Um, but yeah, uh, that's the plan. And the podcast, you know, an episode a week, I think I'm probably going to take, you know, Christmas off and, and Thanksgiving. But other than that, we're going to rock it out, you know, and have a good time. And so for people who are listening, who maybe haven't checked out your podcast yet, maybe tell me a little bit about you know, what, what's the podcast uh, aiming to do? I was just listening this morning to um, the, should I stay or should I go episode? I love, I love the connection because, you know, I'll let you kind of explain it, but it's, you know, kind of that business mindset, but related to rock and roll. So I like that kind of melding of a couple worlds there. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think people are pretty sophisticated now, you know, like, I think if I pitched this to anybody 10 years ago, they'd have been like, no, you know, keep it either music or entrepreneurship or like, you know, personal growth or whatever. You can't do all three, but I I think people are pretty sophisticated. So the goal behind it is to, uh, you know, take some good music, kind of analyze, you know, the lyrics or the song, you know, structure or melodies, and then apply that to something that we can take advantage of today, right now, you know? So a, a mindset lesson, a, an entrepreneurship lesson. Um, as a business and entertainment lawyer, I have had the opportunity to speak with people very intimately about, you know, their businesses, and to the point where, you know, so 
so intimately, they may not even have these conversations with their spouse because their spouse just might not understand. You know, it's hard to tell your spouse, uh, hey, babe, um, don't freak out, but it looks like we're going to lose $30,000 this month. <laughs> you know, right. like what? What did you just say? You know, like stop everything. You know, like I'm going to I'm going to flip and lose my shit, you know, right. but they can talk to a business lawyer about that. And to me, that's, that's common, you know, um, it's not a big deal. There are also months when they might make 60, 70,000 extra, you know, if they do something very well. So I can help them dig out of it. And, and I can take that experience to this podcast and help to, to share some of those um, life lessons that, that have been taught to me that, that I've learned. So, yeah, so it's called Success, Decisions, and Rock and Roll which is of course kind of a dad joke play on sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Right. Um, but yeah, it's uh, every week we, we talk about a, a good piece of music. We relate it to, you know, a, a cool life lesson and uh, you know, just kind of work through it, but you know, it's, it's getting some traction. People are, people are enjoying it for sure. So that's awesome. Um, yeah. I, I really enjoy it actually. Um you know, we've got kind of the music connection. So I, I love that part of it. But, um, you know, focusing on that kind of personal growth. And um, like you said, sort of, you know, how does it apply to work and home life and all of that stuff? I think it's really, really interesting. So I, I really like it a lot. Um, Thanks a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so we'll put links and stuff up uh, in the episode descriptions and everything so people can find where where that is, where can people find you online if they want to find out more about your music, your podcasts, whatever else is going on? So there's two websites and they both point to each other. Um, the main one is jonathansparksmusic.com. So J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N sparksmusic.com. And my law firm website is sparkslawpractice.com. Okay, perfect. Yeah, so we'll throw up some uh, some links to that as well. Um, any advice for dads out there who might be listening or maybe um, soon to be dads? Gosh, um, so much. <laughs> uh, I'd say, I think the best advice I ever got about parenting was, you know, not like a technical thing. You know, it wasn't like when they do this, you shall do that, you know, because every kid is different and every home is a little different and every dad is different. but the best advice I ever got was just love them. Just love them. You know, like no matter what they do, no matter how many of your buttons they push and ticked off they get or whatever, just find that spot in your heart where you love them. And, you know, even when they're being bad, you know, most especially when they're being bad, because if they know that they're loved, even when they make mistakes, like they'll, they'll be a superpower when they, when they grow up. That's awesome. I love that. That's a great way to end. I think um, I really appreciate your time today. This has been really fun. Oh, thank you so much. This has been an honor and a joy. Yeah. yeah thanks and thanks so much. At- and thanks for getting the message out there, Brett. I mean, this is great. This is like so helpful, helpful for the world. I don't, I'm not being, you know, uh, it's not hyperbole really like people need this. So thank you. Oh, well, thank you so much for saying that. Yeah. I really appreciate your time. All right, that was Jonathan Sparks on the Rad Dad Show. Thank you so much, Jonathan, for joining us. 
and thank you for listening. If you like this episode, it would mean so much to us if you drop us a review on iTunes or Spotify. And if you're looking for more Rad Dads content, find us wherever you get your podcasts or give us a follow on social media. On Instagram, you can find us at at rad underscore dads underscore show and on Facebook and Twitter at at rad dads show. And hey, you can also head over to YouTube to watch all these interviews as well. Wherever you're watching or listening, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. It helps us so much. Lastly, Rad Dads is first and foremost a community organization aimed at positive parenting. You can check out what we do over at raddadsyeg.com. That's raddadsyeg.com. And check out our new merch store. Pick up a shirt, a hat, a toque. We've got lots of great stuff in there now. So thanks for tuning in. We appreciate the support. In the meantime and in between time, stay rad.